It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, a rumor that means nothing. Position battles I'm most watching, and why not, Arcea? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So my Twitter timeline blew up yesterday by a simple tweet that was put out by <clears throat> this is NBA Central and I've I've seen their tweets come across uh, before um but NBA Central they're a blue checkmark uh Twitter account they've got a million plus followers on there but they say that there are rumors floating around that DeJounte Murray might be available in the right deal and this is from Eric Pincus E-R-I-C-P-I-N-C-U-S, Eric Pincus, okay? Now, look, so, again, this was all up and down my Twitter timeline yesterday, and it was, you know, news and all this and the other. Uh, Okay, I mean, sure. If the right deal comes along for DeJounte Murray, the Hawks would look to trade him, and especially if they get indications that, They can't sign him to a long-term deal. Because remember about DeJounte Murray. So he's going to be a free agent come next summer. So if you can't get a deal worked out with him and he and he doesn't want to play or whatever, whatever the case is, you know, going to be, if you can't get a deal worked out, doesn't want to play here, he's not he's going to look to be a free agent, then you trade him at some point. Now, I've said before that I think it would be better to trade DeJounte Murray earlier on than to go through a season and wait till the trade deadline happens and then try to make a move on him, you know, as a rental player, because you give teams time to negotiate a deal and extend him and all that stuff. I think it would be easier to move him. And then 
you also don't just throw off the chemistry of taking away one of your top players away from this team. So if you're going to trade DeJounte Murray, I think the, the better scenario is to trade him in the offseason. But they're not trading DeJounte Murray. I don't believe that they are. I, I, I don't think that they're looking to move him. Now, again, the tweet says the, the rumors floating around that he might be available in the right deal. Sure, every player is available in the right deal. I will tell you that if the right deal came along from Trey Young, they would trade Trey Young. Uh, that again, you have to explore everything when you're a general manager, and especially when you're the general manager of a team that is underperformed. When you're a general manager for a team that is coming up short based upon expectations, you have to look at everything. And we've talked about the idea of that there's something fundamentally flawed with this franchise, with this team. And I, you know, I've said before, I think Trey Young is the most secure player on this roster, but I could see everybody else being traded. I could see your young guys being traded if the right package comes along. I could see DeJounte Murray if the right package comes along. You know, I could see John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter. I could see everybody on this roster outside of Trey Young realistically being traded if the right scenario comes along. So this rumor really doesn't mean anything, but it got traction and it was all up and down my timeline and people retweeting and quote tweeting and this and that. And, you know, again, it was trending on Twitter and all this kind of stuff simply because a tweet was put out that if the right deal comes along, DeJounte Murray could be on the move. Isn't that true of every player? I mean, it, pretty much every player, if the right deal comes along, then you would look to trade him. Now, again, I don't think that they're moving DeJounte Murray. I think they want, I think Quinn Snyder wants to have a chance to work with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. And we've seen at times that when those two guys are on the same page and they come together, the Hawks are pretty much unbeatable, right? I mean, you know, we see them at times when they score, rebound, assist. They're almost an unbeatable team. Now, again, uh, you know, that's, a little bit of hyperbole in all this, but still, I mean, they play really well when they're on the same page with one another. And obviously going into the season, the idea was, is that Trey Young was going to play a little bit more off ball and things like that. And, you know, again, that was the, the scenario. And again, when you're looking at DeJounte Murray, the fact of what you had to give up to get DeJounte Murray, and that was certainly one of the things that Travis Schlenk had an issue with is just, the overall price of getting DeJounte Murray. Not that, again, he's a bad player or anything like that, but it was just the overall cost, although I don't, I personally don't think so. My my personal belief is you can have all the draft picks you want. Draft picks don't mean anything in the NBA, in my mind. So, but, yeah, it, it, this rumor really means bupkis at the end of the day because every player is available if the right deal comes along. And again, I don't think that they're moving on from DeJounte Murray. I, I think Trey Young is the most secure player on this roster. I would tell you probably DeJounte Murray is number two. I could see scenarios where Collins, Capella, Hunter, even some of their young guys, Bogey, whatever, you know, I could see scenarios where all of those guys could end up being on the move. Now, again, they're not going to get rid of everybody, but I mean, I'm talking about, you know, play, multiple players that could be on the move. And I think Trey Young is the most secure guy on this roster. 
And I think DeJounte Murray is number two. And obviously, we'd love to see what Quinn Snyder can do, both on the offensive and defensive side, with a DeJounte Murray. You know, I've said before, I thought DeJounte Murray, in a lot of ways, was the MVP of this team. You know, even starting night one last year against the Houston Rockets, when when they were took on the, the season opener against the Rockets at State Farm, you could see that DeJounte Murray was a different kind of player. You could see that he has been well coached. You could see that he was a Greg Popovich player, that he's fundamentally sound, really well coached, a smart basketball player, high IQ basketball player. I'm I, I, Watching him all season long, I think he's got one of the best mid-range jumpers in the entire of the NBA. Like his main, his mid-range jumper game is fantastic. He's got one of the best mid-range jumpers in the league. So again, we 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 put out all these hot take rumors and all this kind of stuff just to I don't know stir discussion, right? I mean the NBA Finals are coming to a close here. You know Denver's looking like they're going to wrap this thing up here pretty quickly, right? It's maybe even as soon as tonight, and and the season's going to be over, and then the draft is coming up. What in a week from Thursday is the draft? So sure, I mean again it's. Hot take rumor season, right? I've heard when you've heard for three years that John Collins is going to be traded, you know, you kind of get jaded by some of these things. You start to get jaded just in the fact of, uh, okay, this, okay, we're, we're hearing about this player is going to be moved, that player is going to be moved, this, and the other, especially when it comes to the Hawks. Now, DeJounte Murray does have a very friendly contract, right? He's only a $17 million player, but again, he's going to be a free agent come next summer. You know, what kind of deal are you going to be willing to offer up to DeJounte Murray? I, I I think DeJounte Murray is not going to get max money, but he's going to border on that. He's going to push that envelope pretty close to max money when all is said and done. And I have no problem if the Hawks want to give him a big-time extension. I would hope that they would offer him an extension over the summer and, and see if he will sign up and see if he will come back long-term for the Hawks because at some point you are going to have to make a decision you know if you can't get him signed and it's looking more like he's going to test the free agency waters then you might have to move on from him then you might have to put a trade package together so that you get something back and he doesn't just walk out the door and never you know see Atlanta again I don't know what his mindset is I had a chance to talk to him when he first came here to Atlanta I don't know what his mentality is now after a season. I do think he likes Quinn Snyder. I think he likes Trey Young. I think he likes playing with this organization. That's just based upon some things that I hear. But, again, this whole thing is is just a, a worthless rumor. Yeah, every player is available if the right deal comes along. That's not really breaking. Maybe I should start breaking hot take news about you know players and teams and all this other kind of stuff. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And when you're a new customer, you can head over to FanDuel.com and sign up to claim your no-sweat first bet, where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $2,500 in bonus bets. I said that right. $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, FanDuel is safe, secure, that's super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to Prop bets to how many points Jimmy Butler is going to score tonight in the game, what have you. 
So if you're a new customer, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no-sweat first bet where if your first bet doesn't win, $2,500 could potentially be coming your way. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So as we get ready for mandatory minicamp for the Atlanta Falcons, which is coming up, I believe, uh, tomorrow, actually. I think tomorrow is when the mandatory minicamp starts. You know, there are, you know, as, because this, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to mandatory minis, and then we'll have some time off in the summer, right? And that's the f- place that coaches fear the most, right? That, that time off during the summertime when right before training, when you get mandatory minis in, and then you go ahead to training camp, that's that time when coaches get fearful because, you know, again, guys can get themselves into trouble and this, that, and the other, and you get one last vacation break, right, before the season gets started and underway. Because as we get to July, we're in training camp, then we go into preseason and then regular season. So it cranks up and it starts now. So with mandatory minis coming up here pretty quickly for the Atlanta Falcons, what positional battles, you know, am I looking at? So, Obviously, the first position battle is that left guard spot. And I think right now, Matthew Bergeron is the leader in the clubhouse. I think that right now that they want Bergeron to assume that job and take that mantle and claim that job as his own. Now, obviously, there are things that have to be worked out with Bergeron, right? He's never played guard before, okay? The last time we experimented with a guy who had never played guard and only played tackle that did not go very well a couple of years ago. The Jalen Mayfield, you know, debacle. But Mayfield is a guy who is working out with some of the tackles and things like that. So I don't think Jalen Mayfield is necessarily in the mix. I think that this is Bergeron. I think it's Matt Hennessy. Maybe it's another in-house candidate or two that probably really doesn't, you know, have as much of a chance. Um, you know, again, they didn't sign Elijah Wilkinson you know, as, as some backup depth and this, that, and the other. And I thought Wilkinson played well last year. But I think they look at Bergeron, and I think Matt Hennessy is probably number two on that list that that's your leaders in the clubhouse. So that positional battle is going to be fascinating because that's going to be an important piece on this offensive line. You saw a couple of years ago when they couldn't get left guard right and they couldn't get center right, that you had two bad offensive linemen that were standing side by side by side with one another. And it was a disaster. And I'm not talking about that, that, well, you know, guys played well down the street and all that. No, it was a disaster. You had the worst interior offensive line in the entire of the NFL. Your quarterback got bullied for it. He got beat up and bullied for it. So you can't have that. And especially when the offensive line is such a strength for this team. Now, when this offensive line <clears throat> plays the way it's capable of, they're a top five offensive line with Jake and Lindstrom and McGarry. So that combination of Dolman, potentially Bergeron, is going to be key as to how those guys work together. And Bergeron obviously is a guy who had one practice at the Senior Bowl that he played guard at. Otherwise, he's been a tackle his entire career at Syracuse. He's never played there before. So how he adapts, how quickly he catches on to that position. And you can just say, well, you know, it's just 
is just one spot over. This okay, it's it's different at the NFL level. Again, I, I always say this about about when we talk about playing other positions and stuff like that. This is not beer league softball. This is not this is not you and your buddies on a Saturday afternoon, you know, where you got your buddy that plays first base in game one, and then he plays left field in game two of a doubleheader, and then you go eat beer and chicken wings afterward and all celebrate. This isn't beer league softball. You know, this is a more complex situation. And you saw that Jalen Mayfield was a guy who did not adapt well to playing left guard. Now, to be fair, they were using him at right tackle for the majority of the preseason because Caleb McGarry was hurt. And then they all of a sudden kicked him inside and he had to start. And you know the story from there. So the left guard spot will be fascinating. But I do think that this is Bergeron's job to win. And I think somebody's going to have to take that away from him. Second position that I'm looking at is the safety position. You know, Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, you know, even Mike Hughes to a certain degree, right? That kind of safety nickel slot, uh, sorry, nickel corner position. You know, again, if we assume that Okuda and A.J. Terrell are going to be on the outside, we know that Jesse Bates is going to be, you know, roaming around at safety. Who's that other kind of nickel corner, you know, um, safety kind of spot? Is it Hawkins? Is it Mike Hughes? Is it Richie Grant? I mean, I think that they want Richie Grant to be their starting safety. Now, a lot of this could be based upon what Jerry Gray has to say and do with it all, right? Because, again, I've said the low-key best hire for the Atlanta Falcons has been bringing Jerry Gray in, who coached in Seattle in 2010. He coached up Cam, he, he coached Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, when they were rookies. I think those guys played pretty well. He's one of the best defensive backs coaches in the NFL. He's a very smart mind. He's been a DC. He's going to help out Ryan Nielsen. He's now he's been named the assistant head coach. So obviously he's going to work with Arthur Smith, but he's a great football mind. And if he can coach up Grant Hawkins, Mike Hughes, you know, again, we've got something again, Bates, Okuda, AJ Terrell, if he can coach those guys up, we might have something, but that's the other position that I'm really interested in looking at because how that kind of shakes and flux itself out. Like what is, what is Jalen Hawkins role going to be this year? I thought Hawkins has done some nice things over the last couple of years, but is he going to get kind of lost in the mix? They obviously added in my cues. So that safety nickel corner type spot, that's going to be interesting to see because I do think it's going to be AJ and Okuda that are going to stand on the outside. After that, I mean, I think that just as far as how these guys are used, you know, not necessarily who's starting and things like that. And we won't know this until we get into probably the first four weeks of the regular season, just how the defensive rotation is going to look with the linebackers in front four, that how is that rotation going to look, you know, again, our, our, our defensive line, outside linebackers, inside linebackers. Like, how does that combination all fit together and, and work together? And who's going to have the majority of snaps and all this kind of stuff? So outside of the left guard spot and the uh, defensive, the nickel corner safety type of position, I think that's the things that I'm really focused on as far as what the Falcons are going to look like at those two positions. 
Hopefully they get the guard position right because it's too important to not get that right. And again, they have a plethora of candidates to play that play that safety nickel corner type of spot where, again, they can rotate a lot of guys on that in that backfield. And, and I like all of the options that we have available to us. That's the thing I feel good about. What I am concerned about is, does Bergeron just acclimate right away to being the left guard? Because if we don't get that spot right, I can't live through another year of Hennessy and Mayfield with Dolman and Bergeron. I, I'm not going to be able to live with uh, all of that. All right, as you listen into uh, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, be sure to leave us a comment in the uh, whatever plat- podcast platform that you're listening on. Leave us a comment that you are an everyday listener. So we want to acknowledge our everydayers, as we like to call them. So we thank you so much for being a part of our ever-growing community. And certainly, we do thank you for being a part of this ride and this journey that we're taking. So let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program, listening in five days a week by telling us that you're an everydayer. So why not Orlando Arcia? Why not him as a all-star shortstop? Now, look, on things on my bingo card that I did not have going into the season was the idea of Orlando Arcia being an all-star shortstop. That was the furthest thing from my mind as far as, okay, hopefully he can just live up to this. He can do some things, you know, for Dansby. You know, maybe he can be part as good as, He's been outstanding. And, and and you look at all the different things that, that he has brought to this table, okay? First off, he's 10th in the National League in defensive war, okay? So his .7 defensive war rating is 10th in the National League, 10th best, regardless of position, okay? Regardless regardless of, of what position that he plays out there, his defensive war is 10th. Now, Swanson is number two, so... So we have to be fair that, that he's number two. Tatis is, you know, number eight uh, as well. But again, when you look at the fact that he's 10th in defensive war rating for the games that he has missed, right? I think he missed, what, 20 games in the season? And, and that's the thing that may end up hurting him and costing him when it all is said and done. That, again, he missed the 20 games. But, you know, when you look at the shortstops in the National League, Trey Turner and Bogarts and Dansby Swanson, right? All these big money free agent guys that sign with clubs. RC has been every bit as good as these guys for about a tenth of the money. What's he getting? A couple million dollars, you know, to play this year. And I believe that he leads all National League shortstops in batting average. So if you look at his numbers from the defensive war standpoint, that he's 10th in, in the National League overall, just in, in overall defensive war. And then you look at the fact that he's he's hitting 325 with a 381 on base, five homers, crazy to think that he's had five homers, in only 168 plate appearances. And he's got an 855 OPS in 168 uh, plate appearances. Now, he's also been clutch. You know, he's been one of the more clutch players for the Atlanta Braves. He hit the big home run the other night. You know, he's driven in. He's he's had big moments and driving in runs. And, and again, he's been as clutch as anybody on this team that is arguably the best team in the National League. So, again, when you factor in all the different things that should count, you know, 
you know, his offensive production, defensive war, clutch moments and things like that. He's been every bit as good as Dansby, Trey Turner, and all these guys that are the high-priced money shortstops, right? And we saw, you know, again, Tatis and Dansby. I mean, there are some big money guys at shortstop in the National League, and Arcia for his couple of million dollars is hanging right in there with him. So I would love to see Orlando Arcia get an all-star shortstop. Now, look, do I think he's going to be the starting shortstop for the National League? No, I don't think that he's going to be the starting shortstop for the National League. And, and again, you know, when, when you get to that honor, okay, that's more than just who's most deserving, right? Because it is a fan vote, right? It's, a, it's also about what the fans want to see. I got no problem with that. I got no, I got no problem with that, no issue with that because it's an exhibition game, okay? I got no problem with the idea of that part of, the, part of it should be who's played well, but also who the fans most want to see and, and that probably doesn't d- doesn't bode well for Orlando Arcia. now the thing about being on the roster will be how much does his injuries hurt him because he only has the 158 plate appearances or whatever like that you know hopefully obviously he stays healthy moving forward but he did miss the 20 games you know this season and and, and I do think that that may be held against him when you look at you know his candidacy among some of the big name shortstops. But for what he's done on the field, when you look at offense, nobody saw an 855 OPS for Orlando Arcia. Even in your best, most, um, what do I want to say? Your your best, your most, um, um, you know, highest expectation that you could have for Orlando Arcia. Nobody saw an 855 OPS. And the fact that he's hanging in there, even with 20 games missed, that he's a top 10 defensive war player tells you a lot about how good his season's been and all the clutch moments and everything like that. So I really hope that Orlando Arcia is a guy who finds his way onto the all-star team. I really hope that he's a guy that finds a spot on this all-star team because he is certainly deserving. You know, he may not be the most popular shortstop. He may not be, you know, the fan vote and things like that. And I can understand. I, 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 I'm, I get all of that. Dansby and Trey Turner, and all those guys. I mean, again, you know, that uh, those guys are the big money guys, right? Those guys are the big money, popular guys and things like that, right? But Arcia has hung in there amongst all of those guys. And, and he certainly deserves a spot on the all-star team. Do I think he starts? No, not a chance. There's too many big name guys that that have the big reputations and the big production numbers and all these kinds of things that he's not going to start. But has Orlando Arcia been everything and more that we expected out of a shortstop? Absolutely. He's been phenomenal this year. He's been certainly one of the best surprises that we've seen this year. In a year that has been plagued by injuries, right? With positional players, obviously Freed and Wright and Anderson, with, with an injury-filled campaign for the Braves, and they continue to just win games, win games, win games. I know they lost yesterday, but just keep winning and and keep expanding that lead. Now eight games, I think it is over the Phillies, nine and a half over the Mets, and Orlando Arcia has been a huge part of that. And I do think that there is something to the idea of. Okay, 
if you're a good player on a winning team, you should have that consideration for those types of things, for awards, all-star games, and different things like that. So, look, I think Orlando Arcia is deserving of a spot. I don't think he's going to start in the all-star game. I don't think he can garner the fan vote, obviously, but I got no problem with that. But Orlando Arcia should find his way onto the all-star game, barring any kind of collapse or catastrophe that happens to him. He's been everything and more that we could have hoped for at shortstop, and he looks like he's having fun out there playing every single day. I would thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen on that you're an everyday listener to the program. So what I call them are every day or so. Give us a, a shout out there. Let us know that you're listening in five days a week to the program. We thank you so much for being a part of our community. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.